This is Rick Reynolds, gentleman podcaster about town and lover of retro video gaming podcasts. And I like to listen... Wait, this is the SNES podcast? Greg, I, n- I never had an SNES. Uh, yes, I didn't have an SNES, but I'm guessing you did. You're listening to Soul Blazer talking about the SNES system, something that you totally had growing up. Am I done now? Is that good? Welcome to Super NES Podcast, episode number 95 this time. Uh, I'm Greg, joined by always by George. I like Giant Mechs. Yeah, Giant Mechs rock. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whether you're playing like, you know, like a... Uh, uh, you know, whether you're playing like an online version like a Mech Warrior, or you're doing like maybe like a uh, or like new hotness like right now, which is like... Uh, um, uh, which is that day... Uh, that's uh, that Steam game, which I can't think of the name of it like right now because I've suck. Um, uh, oh, there's yeah. there's a lot of Steam game or oh, a yeah, decent like amount of Steam Breach. games. That, okay, yeah. I thought you were gonna break up like Hawken or something. Nope, nope. Beyond, uh, Beyond the Breach is the popular Steam indie game right now. Like you're recording this in in order to in, 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 like over 2018, and you definitely use a mech in that game. So, or but. if you're trying to figure out a way to play Front Mission online, <laughs> that's a joke that some people won't get. Right. <laughs> But it works because we are covering a front mission game. This is George's pick, and George wanted to pick a Japanese-only front mission game. Which, to be fair, most front mission games are Japanese-only. Uh, we've cut. Co- yeah. um, uh, if anybody's listened to our coverage of Front Mission Three on the PlayStation po- uh, Power podcast, we talked about all the games, the series, and over half the games have been Japan-only because this franchise, for one reason or another, is not is not has not had a huge popularity here in the states, which is a shame because the games are very good. But. Um, so uh, George wanted to cover a, uh, a front mission game for this for, uh, uh, for this podcast. Which game did you pick, George? Front mission gun hazard. Yes. If you've not heard of this one, don't be uh, like don't be surprised. We had never heard of this one either until we started playing it. Uh, this is an early front mission game, 1996. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, an interesting spin-off game. Yes, it is. And you know, I was going to talk about that. I didn't read it. Uh, I've been doing the research, the, the, the research, the research, like with this game. Uh, this this was the uh, uh, this is only the second front mission game made. Period. The first front mission game came out with the Super NES in Japan only in 1995. And I mentioned before in the past, but uh, but to, to anyone play that game, I highly recommend the DS version of the game, which came out with that uh, 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 several years ago. Uh, it's a very good version of that game. Uh, with a few niceties and a few other additions, additions added onto the game to make it kind of more playable, uh, a playable like in this day and age. But Front Mission's Front Mission's a great game, so. And this is the second, and this is the next game in the series, and it's very unusual for a game this early in a franchise history to be a spinoff. Usually, when you have a spinoff, it's like it's like later on down the down the road, like the fourth or fifth game in the series. So I don't know why Square wanted to do a spin-off game this early. Maybe they weren't quite sure what direction they wanted to take Front Mission 2 yet, and they yet like they were experimenting. So uh, I'm really not sure. That's a good guess. But because Front Mission 2, the actual proper sequel, came out the following year in, in 1997. Uh, 
uh, like the PlayStation. Again, Japan only. But we would not get a front mission game here in the West until uh, Fighter Front Mission 3. I think that game's that game might have been translated by fans by now. I know oh, we, have, we had a conversation trans- about yeah. this before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. all the Front games have been translated by this point. So, uh, yeah, this game here was translated by the famous I group. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, this game, this, yeah, this game, Gun Hazard, was translated by, the, uh, uh, was translated by the famous group, like, Aeon Genesis, uh, back mm-hmm. 2000, uh, back, uh, back, uh, back 2004. So, they've done, they've, they've done a lot of translations, so. But, uh, yeah, this game came out in Japan February 23rd, 1996. Uh, developed and published by Squaresoft, obviously. Um. Wait, really? <laughs> the people who who created Front Mission also yeah. created this Front Mission game? Hey, there are wow. spin-offs. There are spin-offs done by other companies. So like, don't laugh. <laughs> I know, I'm making a joke. <laughs> and I'm being a, a terrible of, person. Yeah, yeah, and this is not the only, yeah, and this is not and this is not the only spin-off game, a spin-off game in the franchise either. I mean, uh, this is the, this as far as I can tell, this is the only spin-off game that actually covers this particular world and this particular setting. But there have been a, but there have been a bunch of other Front Mission spin-off games. There was Front Mission Alternate, Front Mission First, Front Mission History, Front Mission Online, uh, Front Mission, uh, you know, Front Mission Twenty Eighty Nine, uh, Front Mission Evolved. Those are all going to be spin-offs. Every time we bring up Front Mission Online, just I just shed a tear. I want to play that game so bad. <laughs> I do. It's not a joke. I do. <laughs> well, Evolved has some online play, right? Yeah, but Front Mission of All plays differently. Oh yeah, sure, of course. But uh, yeah. so um, I've classified Front Mission Gun Hazard as being a combination side-scrolling shooter and uh, like a role-playing game. As weird as that sounds, um, would you agree? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's more. Yeah. It's more of an action RPG. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's definitely. Well, it's, I wouldn't say it's a shooter because shooters are different. But but, but you definitely yeah. But, but you definitely. But you definitely are shooting a lot of things in this game. Oh, you're certainly using guns. Yeah, yeah. you're you're using guns to shoot things. But I, I I think even if you look it up on like Wikipedia or whatever, it claims it's an action RPG. It also makes a comparison, and I, the comparison that I had thought about this until recently, uh, that this game has a lot in common with gameplay style with like Konami Cybernator. Uh, which I definitely agree with because Cybernator, I, pl- uh, I mean, Cybernator, I've also played. Cybernator is a great game. We're going to cover that at some point in this podcast. I but, never played it, so. Yeah, some of the, yeah, some of the same people uh, worked in both games, which, which I didn't know about. So that explains the similarity. Oh, okay. yeah. oh I, I'm more interested in playing that game now. <laughs> um, so the front mission games themselves are, are, are usually, are, um, are, are usually, are usually, uh, 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 mech. Mech tactical based RPG games, where this one's more of a, like George said, is more of an action RPG game, but uh, but it does have some, but 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 definitely, but definitely has definitely has some definitely has some similarities with the main front mission games. The biggest of which, which you control a mech, uh, which are called uh, 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 which are called Banzers, like in this like universe. Yeah, it's an interesting name. They didn't just call them mechs or or whatever. I'm well, glad they actually. Yeah, it's a German right. name. I don't. I don't know why they want a German name. Maybe because the the protagonist in Front Mission is from German background. Maybe that's why. Uh, and it, and they just kind of kept it, kept it, uh, kept a name that going forward. I don't know, but I'm I'm glad that they actually like put a name on there and didn't just say, "Oh, these are mechs." <laughs> you know, because right. that's kind of a cop out. It just that just makes it feel. Like they even put more effort into it, just giving them a name. Yeah, yeah, and your Ranzers definitely have more abilities and powers in this game than they do in the other front mission games, it's because they can like jump, fly, dash, uh, as well as like you know walk and use shields and weapons. Well, I mean, all that stuff is still there in the other games. It's just it plays differently because those games are tactical games. Like the shield, there are shields in the game still. True. Yeah. Um, the jumping. Uh, it, it takes a different form this game because um, the way that it works in the other games, you know, obviously is if you don't have uh, high enough power from the jetpacks or whatever, you can't reach certain elevations. You know, if, if something's X, you know, X amount of distance up, you can't right. reach it. Whereas, you know, in this game, actually very necessary to have. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. the, the jets. But yeah, I, I mean, 
basically everything in this game is something that's in the other games just obviously works differently. You know, even the dashing, the dashing, um, it, it, you know, you can even see it in Front Mission 3. Um, you, you're able to go further. You're able to travel, travel further in your, your turn. So, right. yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, you definitely are doing some of the same mech based things in both games. I mean, like, you know, there, there is, there is enough, despite the, uh, d- despite the very different style of gameplay, there definitely is enough in common with this game director, like this game to recognize the front mission game, like right away, because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because, um, you know, and some of the, you know, some of the next looks, some of the next and characters look similar to characters and stuff like in other games. So, uh, like whatnot. Um, this game's not entirely user friendly, which is common for a game of this time period. But, uh, since it was only translated, uh, people have had to figure things out through trial and error. George and I definitely had some problems trying to figure out how to do certain things in this game. Uh, because yeah. not everything's not... The game The game does not ever explain everything to you at the beginning, and I don't think it's a fault of the translation. It's just the fact that this is a, this is a game of the mid-90s. They didn't bother... They didn't bother explaining everything to you in the game because they figured in the game because the games because games this time period expected you to read the manual to, to, to figure out stuff. And well, I wish I had the manual to read. But, yeah, uh, we, you know, not much you know Japanese. <laughs> yeah, um, well, but, I, that, that's kind of a problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. but over the years, this game developed a pretty good fan base. Like, so most of the things, like, like, like if you spend. Like if you go online checking out checking out certain FAQs and videos or videos and whatnot, you can figure things out because people have talked about this game to a pretty good degree by this point. Uh, this game's definitely become a cult favorite over the years, uh, and it's a real shame. It, yeah, it's a real shame it didn't come out here in the states because I think it would have done that very well. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, let's start off at the top of the screen here because at uh, this top of the screen here, George, because at first glance, this is like a mess of figures, and, and you have no idea what the hell is going on here. So right. Um, there's two bars at the top of the screen. For, uh, at the top of the screen here, the first bar at the top, left to right, it shows you it shows you your current hit points, and also shows you the experience points you've earned so far to get to the next level. But those are, but those are communicated to you in terms of uh, mostly in terms of levels uh, of gauges, and you just have to like read at a glance at a glance estimate exactly how much you have, how much XP, uh, how many how much XP you need to advance to the next level, like for example. Yeah, there's no numbers on those on those bars, which yes. is a shame. They could have certainly done that. Oh yeah, because um, they do use numbers. I don't numbers. know why they didn't though. Yeah, because they do use numbers like later on. Uh, um, it gives you, uh, um, you know, um, you know, gives you some information on the enemy you're fighting and whatnot in terms of like how many uh, of how many XP that you just earned defeating that enemy, like whatnot. And those are numbers. Right. So it's like I don't understand why certain things were done certain ways but it was maybe. probably more of a cosmetic choice over anything which yeah. is which is really weird right. but yeah um yeah i wish that it would let you know yeah. I, I you know i honestly don't really care about the experience that much i want to know how much health i have left yeah. Yeah. you can see a uh, number reason uh, um uh, re- number representation when you're using items when you want to heal correct but yeah I, other than that um in in battle no yeah uh, it which is weird isn't so here's another thing to to heal you can do so out of battle but you use fuel so fuel turns into repairing your your mech i never understood that does that make sense to you well i'm kind of thinking of it as fluke i uh, because, like, in battle, you use repair kits. Right. That makes sense. But when you're out of battle, you use fuel to repair your mech. I'm trying to think of it as kind of like, you know, they're uh, they're trying to figure out a way of being able to show resources being consumed. And, like, you know, like taking fuel out of your mech to convert into some kind of, like, repair kit. I think it's kind of what they're trying to uh, say. Well, I guess that. you could have just called it, like, scrap metal or something, though, yeah. you know? Yeah, that could work too, but I but it just they, yeah. it's 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 weird. But yeah. um Yeah, I just I, uh, like I just imagine like, oh, mech's damaged. <laughs> just got to throw some fuel onto it. It's like, no, that's not good. That's going to make it go on fire. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking about mechs, the game screen also shows you the current version to, to the current model of uh, model mech that you're using. Um, as well as the as well as the, as well as the weapon you currently have equipped and how many shots you have left for that weapon. 
I yeah, I really like uh, the mech designs. They're all different, and they oh, they yeah. play differently too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the especially like the starter mech is like it really feels like the starter mech because once you get that next model, whew, yeah. it it no, feels uh, different. It really huge, does. Yeah, it's a huge upgrade, but. Yeah, George and I had problems for a while trying to figure out how you actually uh, how you actually upgrade to, uh, you, you upgrade your mechs, but uh, it just yeah, it's all tied it's tied into levels, but tied like into levels and also tied into money that you make because you also earn money during missions. No, it's tied into story progress. Okay, but you use money yeah, to purchase weapons. Like because once I once I got to a, a certain point, it was like the shops open, and I was like, okay, yeah. well, let's see what's here. Right. I was like, oh, the new mech is here. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah the, yeah, the mechs themselves are governed by level progression and how far you go in the story. The weapons, the weapons, the weapons upgrades you buy for the mech are determined by money, and you earn money by doing well in combat, basically. Uh, just like, you know, it's like, it's like loot drops. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, going back to your point about mechs, I wasn't going to talk about this, like, right now, but to go transition point. Uh, this game, this game being a laser bring S game is graphically gorgeous. Uh, the, the, graphics oh, yeah. game are, the, the graphics of the game are super handsome. What's what's better though, the aesthetics or um, the music? Well, the music, the music I was gonna talk about here, like uh, like later on, because the music, the, the music, the, the music, the music definitely kick ass as well too, and there's reason for that. But uh, yeah, this coming out in 1996, this is a late Super NES game, so it's like you know, and, and Square was always very good at figuring how to do the uh, Square was very very good at figuring figuring how to figuring how to how to get the most out of the system to begin with. So it's like not only do the mechs look look different. Uh, they're very detailed and they're very orientated. Even the little squat-ass humans that you see in the game are orientated, like uh, 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 you know, graphically displayed like very well. I thought. Um, and there's a um, and there's a wide amount of backgrounds that you fight in, uh, cities, uh, snow-covered mountains, um, you know, caverns, bases. It, dude, that looks great. Yeah, no, there's there's so much detail in all these places. Um, I found that cities have uh, better detail than like outside areas, mm, but yep. still everything's great and the the background scrolling and everything is background scrolling very good. Yep, it's yeah. very smooth. So the only uh, problem I really have is the um, like when you're on the 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 map, the, the main map, screen? or actually just either map screen, either the overworld or the um, like when you're in a certain country, like it's just way too slow. Well, well, it's also processing a lot of stuff. So, I mean, like, you know, the Super NES, the Super NES was never the fastest system to begin with, so... But... <laughs> but, I mean, uh, like, when you're... Even when you're inside a country, like... It's not like a cursor you can move around. It's, it's like, something that sticks to, uh, like, each, each uh, like, area. And it just... Uh, I just <laughs> wish it was, like, a free cursor. There's... I don't see how it wasn't possible to do something like that. It just... Yeah. It was just like the it just a show of the times that they didn't think of having like a free for, form cursor type of deal for right. that stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's a that's a small drawback. It's not a huge deal to me though, at least. But oh no, it's uh, it's yeah. not a deal breaker for the yeah. game. Of yeah. course not. But. You'd be you'd be ridiculous if that <laughs> upset you so much. I'm just I'm just bringing it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the map definitely is also very detailed. Because you have a, a, a detailed as far as the graphics. The graphics look... It kind of looks... It almost looks square-based. You almost would... Uh, 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 you almost would swear that you could just, like, lay, like, a tactical grid over it. And, like, you know, like, actually, like, see it that way because of how it's designed. But, hmm. uh, yeah, the, but yeah, the graphical fidelity here is, like, very good. Uh, like, overall... I overall the game's a graphical treat. I mean, like you know, the mechs themselves kind of seem a bit small, but um, when it depends on the, what mechs you're you're uh, you, you're using there. Like we're fighting against because some of the bosses this game are freaking huge. Well, but, there are, there are even those like bomber mechs that are bigger than you. Oh yeah, definitely. So it's I mean, like, like whoa. <laughs> um, so yeah, the side scrolling action in this game, the graphics, the graphics, the graphics do a very good job. Uh, like at that because they are. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, I think that the only bad part about the graphics is the represent- representation of people out of their mechs, because there's only so much you can do with the SNES. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. So it's kind of limited with just the people. Yeah. But uh, that gets a pass. The, yeah. Seeing the people doesn't really matter that much anyway. 
Yeah, the character, um, uh, uh, the character portraits uh, during the cutscenes and whatnot are also very well done. Oh, of course. Yeah. So. I'm just thinking about it now. Like, front, even Front Mission Three was pretty bad with the. Uh, rep- like kind of bad with the representation of yeah, people outside their mechs. Yeah, for different reason because that game. Right. Yeah, that game was using like a three D, three D based engine. So right. And at that time period, it was still very rough. So for sure. So well, especially but, it was on the PlayStation. So yeah, yeah. Trying to make something that small is not that great. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so George mentioned the music earlier. The music also is kick ass in this game, and there's a reason for that because the reason for that because this game was a joint. Was very composition played between Nomadatsu, Flegamatsu, and Yasunori Yamasuda, who previously joined forces oh, together uh, to make the music for Chrono Trigger. Right. So, I mean, like, U- Uematsu, of course, is the god of music. He doesn't really need any kind of like, introduction. But uh, Masuda also has a very. Uh, Masuda also has a, uh, also was a very well known Japanese composer of this time period. He also composed a whole lot of games. Um, so, and that, uh, you know. Uematsu said uh, said after the fact that Masuda worked so hard uh, on the soundtrack, he actually had to be uh, uh, his health. His health eventually suffered suffered because of it. He had to be hospitalized. Do you have a list of games that uh, they have worked on? I can find out like real quick. Uh, Why do that? One track with the music, George. The music's great. Um, it's it's got a lot to it. Um, I think my favorite part is when you complete a mission, though. It's got that, like, late 80s, early 90s vibe. I don't know if you've had that feeling, Greg, like, once you complete a mission. But it's like, dude, like, every time I get that, it's like, you know what? It's time to dance for about five seconds and then get back (laughs) into the game. But Uh, the music, I mean, it it reminds me of uh, uh, Final Fantasy VI. It really hmm. does. Um, It really sets that mood, and it does it well. Especially the times where... Um, you come across uh, things that are just like heartbreaking, you know. Um, uh, one of the sections where you learn that the rebels that you're contracted under are actually the bad guys, and it's like, oh man, they're they're making their people work their butts off, and they're not getting anything <laughs> right. out of it. Just yeah. just you know, just like the commander and everything is getting the money, they're mm-hmm. stealing money from these people. You know, yeah. they claim that they you know want to start a revolution and make everything great. Uh, yeah. it, but it just it it's it's great it, it it really sets the tone perfectly so to answer your other question the studios uh, has worked on a ton of games more so here that uh, more so we hear that even like uh, 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 realized uh, his first project his first project was Chrono Trigger like along by Gumatsu okay. so okay. Uh, the, sound, the soundtrack does remind me a lot of Chrono Trigger as well also you definitely can tell the, uh, you, uh, you definitely can tell the, uh, the same two guys worked on it um uh, uh, some of some of Mitsuhide's most famous games he's worked on because there's a whole list here that I can rattle off. Uh, uh, Xenogears, uh, Mario okay. Party, Chrono Cross, uh, Shadow Hearts, Z- uh, the Xenosaga series, um, uh, like Xenoblade Chronicles, Kid Icarus oh. Uprising, um, uh, some of the music to. Um, Let's see, trying to see, trying to see, trying to see what else like here came out here like in the states. Uh, uh, Bomberman '64, the uh, Gaia Two, um, yeah, a bunch of other games too. So that's a what you just read off was a pretty good track record. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely some great music behind, uh, uh, behind the stuff too. So certainly. So yeah, I mean, like you know, Squaresoft definitely knew how to make the Super NES a sound chip. Definitely, like, definitely work. And this music is definitely is definitely as good as their other efforts on the system as well for how it sounds. Uh, it's very like well composed. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I really love that. Yeah, I really love the mechanical theme that they also use the soundtrack uh, to kind of give that kind of like you know like. Because Fremers Three had this. Uh, I prefer, uh, Fremers Three had this also, but I think it's more. I think it's more easy to tell in this game the kind of like mech feel they're going for with the soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That. Oh man, that music's great. Oh, uh, can we just <laughs> listen to that for like the rest of the podcast? Uh, so the story for this game is a uh, interesting. Um, it's like uh, I mean, like I said before, it's definitely. 
uh, it definitely has something to do with like you know the um, you know like Spanish before it's a it's a it's a, it's a uh, uh, like the Gaiden games, it really doesn't have anything to do with the main front mission for front mission games. But the story of the um, uh, 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 story itself is like pretty good because uh, there are, as you expect, the front mission games. There are twists and turns and like you know surprises and people you think are going to be your enemies are not and vice versa and whatnot. But uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 basic the basic plot is the years the basic plot like the game takes place in the year twenty sixty four. Um, and you know, uh, um, and for a while, the nations of the Earth were the, uh, by working together uh, to go into space to, to, to get the resources the resources that they needed to be able to uh, basically survive. And they were working in, and, and they were working with they were working on orbit orbit elevator called Atlas. Uh, but before the but before Atlas could be completed, there was there was a breakthrough in miniature fusion reactors, such as the kind of re- reactor that used to power your Vanzos, for example. Um, so with that, so, uh, uh, with that development, uh, at, the Atlas project was stopped, um, and like you know, and, and the world regressed back into a whole bunch of conflicts. And the uh, and you play like you play in this game as a Bergen Army soldier, uh, translated name of Albert uh, Grabner. Um, uh, who is hired to like was hired to like was hired by rebel forces to basically try to stop a coup d'état taking part in like in his nation, and you know things develop from there. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, Some bad things happen. Yep. Hate to break to- it to you. Spoilers. Bad things <laughs> happen in this game. Yep, you get to like go around the world. Like you get to visit like different countries. Like New York City takes place like on one stage, for example. Um. Um, and you also get to associate with like different groups and uh, different groups, you different groups of countries and whatnot. Um, and you're forced to leave your country and you become yep. a mercenary. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. So similarities to the other front mission games, but not really connected, to, like the plot line per se. Um, uh, but it's still a very good story. I, I, I expected this game played. Um, I expected the game to be focused. I, I, I expected the game to focus more upon the gameplay, uh, and the gameplay is very, very good. But the story is also better than I expected. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's both sides to it, and yeah, it's crazy for a spinoff game to have some pretty good story and gameplay. You know, yeah. sometimes spinoff games just suck in general most of the cutscenes are pretty short too uh, um you know like yeah um you know the, the you know they only last like maybe like 30 seconds like a minute but so yeah, there's I mean, something about that there's yeah. something like that yeah so i mean like you know you can still play this game and enjoy it quite a bit like we're not much for cutscenes because the cutscenes like are very short um and this game gets yeah 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 and this game gets difficult very fast <laughs> does it i don't think i really had much i think the only difficult part i had was right let's see i'm trying to think now i know there was a time where i had some slight difficulty mm-hmm. but like honestly i never really got backed into a corner that bad well for certain stages for certain stages you can also call upon the second ai controlled ally unit to help you out uh which is definitely kind of nice thing to do because which for a while i didn't realize yeah. was a thing yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, and also, and also, there's a cheat code in the game that allows that se- uh, uh, that last second player to play along, like for that ally. For, um, uh, during play, while he's on the screen, uh, if, if somebody pushes the second controller down, or down L R and start at the same time, uh, that will allow that uh, player, um, you know, that will allow the AI controlled ally to be human controlled instead. So something. Are you telling me push- you can play? Two-player front mission. Yes, in some stages. Oh my god! (laughs) Ah, in some stages. So, but uh, yeah. So yeah, the actual, the actual game, the the, the actual, the actual game, the the actual game has a very like easy, but easy to understand flowchart to it. Is the game is very linear, like in most senses. Um, Like you get to pick. Uh, which mission that you want to do in, in certain points of the game. Uh, George and I, for example, uh, did different missions apparently here uh, 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 by shortly into the game uh, because there's uh, because, because there's a small amount of freedom uh, freedom in this game to what missions that you do. It's it's also really interesting. I don't know if you noticed this, but when you go into a country, um, you don't have to do every single mission in the True. country. Yeah, I've actually and th- there are different paths to take too. Yeah, like. There, there's a country that I have not finished every mission, but I've finished all the story, um, and that's really interesting. Like some, 
Some areas branch around, like they flank around some areas. I, th I think for the most part, I actually just went straight on yeah. into everything, so. <laughs> yep, that, yep, that's very true. Uh, basic flowcharts, basically, the, uh, uh, the flowchart of this game is essentially uh, watch, uh, watch, watch the cutscene, do the mission, set up, uh, uh, set up the Vanzer during the intermission, flight and sort for the next mission, play and rinse and repeat. Um, mm -hmm. So the game. Uh, the game flows very well. I mean, there is some downtime, which you're using to, like, you know, customize your mech and whatnot, but the actual... But, but you did more time actually actually shooting shooting things uh, than really like the cutscene, which is a good thing for a game of this type. Yeah, you can even go back to areas that you've completed, and you can actually grind experience out of that. Um, I, I don't know if it's endless. I don't think it is. I think no, eventually yeah. they run out of enemies. But they, you can yeah, they do you can essentially yeah, so. grind in right. this game, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, honestly, I haven't really seen a reason to. Uh, there was a couple of times where I had to redo some missions because oh, you need a key card, and right. okay, well let's go here. Oh, you need a key card again. Right. Uh, okay, whatever. So <laughs> then you know I finally found the key card and I had to redo those those two areas. But right. uh, and then there was one time where I wanted to get more. Uh, acclimated with the controls and everything, so I redid a couple more missions, and sure. you know I got some yeah. extra XP there. But um, yeah, yeah, it's great. The experience goes straight to your character; doesn't go to wands or anything. Right. But on top of that, there's also like a passive skill type of deal with leveling up um, yes. the weapons that you use and the wandser that you use. Um, they have their own kind of XP system as well. Yeah. Uh, that's measured in percentages yes. um, where the Wanzers go up to 100, I believe, and then weapons can go up to 120%. Um, it, all, it marks everything by ones up until 100, then it goes by tens. Uh, which not is weird. Easiest, I don't know yeah, why it does yeah, that. Yeah, not the easiest. Yeah, yeah, not the easiest. Not the easiest thing to figure out. <laughs> right, right. But um, that's that's all passively. Um, and you know what that does is for weapons. Weapons get stronger. Um, yeah, you have if four primary playing... weapons you can use in combat: Vulcan guns, shotguns, mm -hmm. laser rifles, laser rifles, like napalm guns. And you can right. also have secondary weapons. Uh, can you also? And you can also have. And you can also have secondary special weapons equipped to your advancer as well. You, you're, if you're playing this game, you're probably going to get to a point where you have unlocked like level two shotgun or level three or whatever, and you go and look at it. Oh, this is weaker. Why do I want this? <laughs> well, because you can level it up and it'll be right. much yep. more powerful, and it's yep. it's certainly worth it. Um, a lot of people say that the shotgun is the most powerful. The shotgun's um, nice. Like primary weapon, weapon <laughs> in the game. That's true, but I'm sure there are a lot of people who would prefer the Vulcan. Um, I definitely yeah, prefer the shotgun myself. Yeah, every weapon. The has shotgun, though, use. the drawback on that is right. you definitely have to get closer to the enemy because exactly. it, it does yeah. spread yeah. out. So yeah, most stages, like, most, most stages, most stages, I use the shotgun. Uh, if I had to do a lot of long distance shooting, uh, the the Vulcan guns are good for that. Uh, laser rifles and napalm guns were, uh, were for me at least more situational. Like for example, boss. Battles. I didn't like the laser rifle. I used it like once, and I was like. You know, you run out of ammo too quickly, and the reload time isn't worth it. So yeah, I'm out. But yeah, um, yeah so and I've noticed that the Vulcan and the shotgun work differently. Once yep, you run out of do. ammo for the shotgun, you have a reload time. Whereas with the Vulcan, it actually like your bullets come back over time, uh, which is nice. So and you can actually upgrade these in the the shop. You can upgrade the lo the reload time and the damage and this and that, which is pretty cool i honestly that's not even really something in another front mission game i've seen True. maybe up like maybe upgrading your bonzer to have right. better evasion or something like that but upgrading a weapon to have better reload time or yes. yep. just more damage that's that's pretty cool and i yes. like that yeah yeah they yeah they use yeah the usage based version system just talking about george that's very unique uh there's no mm -hmm. other the, 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 there's, no, there's no other front mission game that i'm aware of that does that um, there are a couple of the games I've seen a similar idea used, but, uh, but, but, no, but this, but this is the only console game I'm aware of that uses a system like this. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen anything like this exactly either. 
also pretty also pretty unique to this front mission gun has your uh, 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 your front mission game is certain missions certain missions you actually have to, certain missions require you to actually have to get out and play as a power uh, the power for a while too and the power right. has its own weapons the power also I mean like I mean you the power you have you have handguns and like handguns and hand grenades that you can use and this is the only uh, front mission game I've seen that uh, you can get new equipment for your uh, your pilots and you on need top it. of God, them, you need it. <laughs> oh geez, yes. On top of um, being able to have that stuff passively level up as well. Right. Um, eventually, in the front mission series, they took out the they took out the system where your pilot gets out of the mech. Yes, um, that I believe that started with like front mission four, and it's like, you know, I I feel like that's not a bad idea anyway mm-hmm. because um, if you go and play front mission three, it's a slog. If you have somebody eject, and you know it's it's a really cool mechanic in that game where you could steal other people's wanzers, right. but it's just it, the way that it works is kind of a slug. So instead of trying to include that, just remove it entirely was not a bad decision, at least in my opinion. Speaking about this game from Mission Three, I was also reminded of this playing it. Uh, this system was developed a lot better from Mission Three, but you start to see in this game uh, some of the some of the some of the development about the uh, the job system uh, that the later games in the series, like from Mission Three, use. Uh, how certain allies are better are better off are better off are better off using certain mechs with certain weapons in them. Uh, I don't remember that in Front Mission Three. Uh. Well, yeah, Front Mission Three, you definitely had, uh, you definitely uh, uh, characters came into the game with certain mechs, and they were, and they were best suited for that type of mech. You could change them out if you want to. Well, they had they the had experience to certain weapons already, right? And they were, I don't, I did. There's no like job system per se, though, because you can just give them a different weapon, and you can have them ha- have better, better skill at that weapon than the other ones, right? But you did get uh, pluses. You got bonuses by having by having that player in a certain type of mech with certain kind of weapons. I don't uh, remember that. And you start to see this a little bit in Gun Hazard. Gun Hazard does kind of a similar thing. I know. Uh, yeah, I've seen it in Gun Hazard, but I haven't yeah. seen it in Front Mission Three. That's weird. Well, it wasn't it. Well, wasn't what wasn't what wasn't as defined in that game as it was in later Front Mission games. But it was a little bit more defined there than it was here. But this is where that game. But this is where. That, uh, but this game kind of has like where it starts. It starts. I didn't realize that that idea was this old, so it's kind of fun to uh, fun to see that play around with it. Yeah, that's it's interesting. It's a pain in the butt though because like it is. <laughs> the first um, like the uh, other than the the pilot of the the ship that you that you have your wands on and everything, uh, the first character that you get as an ally. Like I still haven't found a Wanzer for him yet. He he only takes specific Wanzers apparently, mm, and yeah. none of the ones I have are ones that he can use, which is a pain in the butt. So yeah. I actually set him as an ally once, and he was running around with the handgun shooting at the mechs, and I was like, "What are you <laughs> doing? Well, you shouldn't even be here." Then, <laughs> uh, just yeah, just yeah, just to get some examples of the game like we're talking about, uh, Brenda's mech, for example, like provides aerial your uh, aerial support as a sniper type unit. Uh, Emil's mech is a like a paraman type, basically. So he uh, be used to, like you, I fix you up uh, during like battle scenes. Yep. So. Which is cool. I wish I unlocked him, but uh, yeah. eh. there's also the remodeling feature in this game, also, which again is developed a lot better in later front mission games. Uh, uh, that uh, I mean, you know, that allows you to be able to upgrade your parts. For example, the shotgun can be outfitted with larger barrel. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, there's a there's yeah there's a lot of this game that's a lot of this game that's not explained to you very well, if at all, when you first start playing, and you really have to like dig into the game to figure out how the mechanics work and what does that and that kind of stuff. It's not the as you, you asked me before. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of fun. But this is not the most user friendly game to pick, game to pick up and play. If it's um, one thing I like, it's certainly customization. Oh, customization is great, but it's a little bit clunky how this game does it. It does it. It does it. it does it. And I and I can only assume that assume that all this stuff is covered in the manual in Japanese. The Japanese. The Japanese release of the game because uh, it's not easy to figure out how all this stuff uh, interacts with and plays with each other as the game goes on. I customization. Recommend- I'm sorry. Go on. 
Oh, 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 sorry. I, I just finished a point by saying I definitely recommend looking. At the, I definitely recommend like looking at FAQ uh, 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 of this game when you start playing it to, to, help, to help get a better understanding of the systems, the systems in play here, so you can so you can like understand how to properly get the most out of this game, and also maybe also kind of customize your and also and also start to think about how you uh, how you how you may want to customize certain mechs as the game goes on because you because you want to start doing those things more often. Um, yeah. Which like to play through the game. Having said that, the game does offer. Like, having said that, the game does offer a lot of uh, does offer a lot of like uh, does offer a lot of uh, replayability, though I think, uh, because there are different ways to play, uh, different ways different ways to play through the game, and no one system is actually quote unquote correct. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I I've been seeing that a lot of newer games are including customization, which is like really interesting because mm-hmm. customization um, great. Like, I, yeah, like I told you before we start recording, you know, I've been playing uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands and like even that game lets you f- like almost fully customize your 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 shooty guy. And it's really weird. It's just like, really? Like even in like shooters now, we're having some kind of customization like that. Like I know right. multiplayer games that do that, but yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting. I like it. The customization revolution should go on. <laughs> is so all is- I wanted to say. Okay, so that's what you were going to say earlier? Sorry. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's, okay. no, that's all right. I wanted okay. to let you finish your thought. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the only downside to this game, I think overall, and we've already covered most of these earlier, uh, this game is not very pickable in play. You really, uh, I really do recommend looking at like a file uh, to help you out uh, to avoid a lot of frustration and uh, frustration and whatnot as you go through the game later on. Um, because those are things. Because those are things that presumably would have been covered in the manual if you had the ability to read Japanese, which we don't. So, <laughs> um, I wish I did. The controls are a bit clunky. Uh, I, I I thought in some areas, uh, it takes a bit to get used to the controls. Which areas? Uh, some of the some of the some of the side scrolling stages stages where you got to do a lot of vertical movement, for example. Oh, geez, yeah, yeah. You're right. The game so scrolls a lot better I horizontally. I don't know if you noticed, but there are two different uh, control schemes for aiming. Yes, I did. Yep. Did you try the other one? No, I didn't. I tried okay. it briefly. I tried. It, I tried it briefly and didn't care for it as much, so I just stayed with the regular one. Right, and I, I, I thought it wasn't going to be that great because the way that this game works is to aim. Um, you use the D-pad and you use the D-pad to also move. So wherever you're yeah. moving basically is where you're aiming. It's it's not bad. You get eight-way direction. Um, that's 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 good. I mean, I wish it was more precise, but you know, it's it's an SNES game. Right. But there is another one that lets you use up and down to uh, change the the pitch, the angle of where you're aiming, and that. I can see why they added that as a control to be more precise, mm-hmm. but I didn't even try it because I was just so afraid of it just not it's just not feeling great. And you just confirmed that for me. So yeah, I'll just stick to the the movement one. Well, both systems have been used to control next style games in the past. I think Square One yeah. would give the players a choice for whichever for whichever format that the format the format that they were most comfortable with, which is good. Uh, because because there are pros and cons to both systems. I played games in the past that used both systems of control before, and like, um, and and the and the alternative way, the second way that you the second way that the second way that you were talking about, George, you can't get used to it. Um, I just don't think for a game with this type, it works very well. Oh, if I was forced to use it, like, uh, oh, yeah. I I would I would I would use that to mm, yeah. play through this game. It yeah. probably like once you get over it, and once you really get experience with it i'm sure you could probably even do a little bit better yep. but you know yep. as for a quote-unquote pick up and play type of deal um yeah the, the first option's better <laughs> yeah definitely so um so yeah those are really the only two major drawbacks of this game i could think about uh, uh did you have any um negative points or, or uh, negative points or things you wish were had been done better uh not really, to be honest. Okay. I know I. it's kind of shocking for me to say that, right? 
But honest, well, well, you already I, I, I mean, this, yeah. I mean, this isn't a perfect game, yeah. certainly, but... No, you already mentioned a couple of things, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. The, it, minor things, though. Yeah. yeah the, there's nothing really that bad gameplay-wise. It's right. a very solid game. This is... Yeah. Oh, man, I, I was telling Greg, I, I was really thinking about buying this off of eBay, to be yeah. honest. Well, it's available. Uh, they will talk about that um, here in a minute, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, it's... It, it's it's not a particularly long game either. Um, you know, uh, the average the average playthrough time online is very, uh, um, you know, it's like for like for a new player, which a new player of a small amount of grinding is about like fifteen hours. Uh, most of the uh, uh, most of the video playthroughs online they go through the game about 12, 13 hours. Uh, the speed run for this game appears to be about uh, two hours and six minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's tool assisted, so. Um, but, oh. Okay. So I, I really don't know what the speed run of it would be without tool assist. But it's really important that you point out that's tool assisted because yeah. did a robot play it or did a robot not play it? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find anything on here for a speed run that was not tool assisted. So. Ooh. I'm interested in that now. <laughs> Believe but, it yeah, or not. But yeah. But yeah, most of the, but yeah, most of the let's play video walkthroughs of this game online, they average for like, uh, you know, they average for like uh, twelve or thirteen hours of gameplay, which is not. That's not bad. No, it's pretty good. I mean, like you know, I put I put in like, like about half of that already. Yeah, like I, yeah, 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 no, yeah, I put in about four hours like into the game. I I, I would have played more, just a, just working a lot of time right now at work. Uh, I will go back to this game later on and finish it to finish it because I'm curious to see how it ends. The um, first, the first time I played this, I really got sucked in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a very fun, very unique game. Uh, this oh yeah. So, uh, this game so well in Japan when it, uh, you know, when it got released, three thousand copies altogether. I'm uh, certainly which, not surprised. Uh, which back then was like pretty good numbers. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but uh, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame this game never came out like in the states. Uh, yeah. It ha- uh, it, it has gotten online releases. Uh. But, you know, that was available on the virtual console system in Japan, for example. But uh, there, there has been, there has been yet, as of yet, no official Western release of this game. Uh, but as the Fred Mishing series continues to get popularity here in the States, maybe one might come out eventually? Uh, who knows? But uh, at least we have now the, the fan-translated, the fan-translated, the fan-translated uh, patch for the, the uh, like, this, uh, like the Super NES game, which is very good. So. Yeah. And there's even, um... Repros out there. There are repros. Yes, I was just about to cover that. Uh, uh, if you want on eBay, the game itself is not that expensive. You can get a Japanese card of the game for thirteen dollars, uh, for example, starting off. Um, there are available, however, a couple of sellers who make available uh, a fully, a fully translated, uh, fully translated, ready to go uh, version of the game, essentially, uh, with the patch already applied and whatnot. You just plug in your Super NES or. Or or or, or, Redcon, or, or or sorry, Redcon system of your choice, and just play it that way. Uh, three of them recently sold. Two of them, uh, two, two copies were currently listed. Uh, it's kind of expensive though because you're paying for the privilege. Uh, you're paying for the. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're paying for the fact somebody else has done the work for you. Uh, uh, the, uh, the copies that sold recently sold for around forty-eight to forty-nine dollars. Which is which is okay to pay, I think, if you're a big fan of the game. Um, it's not, right. you know, it's not, um, um, it's not horrible. Um, but but if you want to, if you have a system that can just play Japanese games, for example, you, um, uh, you can just grab a cheaper Japanese uh, Japanese cart and just like and just and just, uh, just play and patch it that way. Yep, that's what I was thinking of doing. I was thinking of just getting a Japanese car, plugging into the Retron, and patching it with the English patch. And yep. There you go. Yep. That works. Yep, that works just as well. I will mm-hmm. say this, however, uh, the, red, uh, the reproductions available do look very good. Uh, the label uh, they do, the, yes. The, the, the label art they use is the, is the actual Japanese uh, uh, Japanese label art uh, for the game, and it's a very um, and it's a very professional looking product. Like it actually, that actually would have looked probably if the game had been released in the states back then. You know, I bet you they probably would have changed the the cover uh, oh, for yeah, the U.S. Sure. version. Yeah, they'd probably, probably would be have. more centered around the mechs than the people. Exactly, because anime yeah. was not really a big thing um, uh, uh, back then. So, uh, 
like mid to late 90s, uh, it's starting to grow. Yeah, but I think, I, I think for, a, yeah, but yeah, I think for popularity reasons, they definitely would have changed it because they, um, probably. Front Mission 3 used the mech. Uh, front, the, uh, 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 front Mission 3, the mech was like front and center. What is the Japanese art for From Mission 3? Let's find out. Let uh, us find out. You, you're, you're right. We're going to find that out right now. So We're going to look up the Front Mission 3 <laughs> Japanese... I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. Well, why would you do that? Why don't you talk about your, um, your final impressions of the game? Uh, it's a great game. I honestly... Anybody who's listening to this, I honestly suggest that you give this game at least one hour and see how you like it. Especially honestly. if you're a fan of like, action RPGs or combat games in general. Which I like both. So, yeah. uh, The Front Mission 3 Japanese art is also the mech. Uh, not according to this. I, I see a lot of different covers that say Front Mission 3 and all I see is the mech. Oh, oh, okay. This is the okay. This, okay, this is the collection I'm looking at here. The collection artwork's different. Huh. Uh, yeah. So, oh no, I see cover yeah. for Front Mission Online. Close the tab. Yeah, that's it. We're yep, done. You're for right. Today. The, Jap- the, the Japanese, American, European versions are Japanese. Uh, Japanese, American, and European versions of Front Mission Three all, have, uh, all, 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 all have slightly different artwork. Um, you know, but they all feature mech front and center. Right. Personally, I think the U.S. Uh, personally, I, I personally, I think the U.S. one like looks the best. But the European one's like pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's a sidetrack. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was my fault. Yeah. Wait, no. they're all my fault. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, because uh, I think only uh. I think I think only I think only that four front mission games have only come out here in the states. Uh, front Mission for the DS, Front Mission 3, Front Mission 4, and Front Mission Evolved. I think the only ones that have come out here in the States. Jeez, you you I think you're right. So, uh, yeah, this is the yeah, this is a franchise. This is for this yeah, this, yeah, this is the franchise franchise the franchise you need know, to get like more love because it's definitely a great franchise. Well, I'm glad that people translated the other games because yep. I'm gonna go to those too. Yep. I, I I still need to finish Gun Hazard. I think once I finish Gun Hazard, I'm gonna go and I don't know. I'm probably gonna finish four or take a look at five or something. Yeah, I'm very curious to play the Front Mission Two and Front Mission Five because uh, obviously. Oh yeah, I sent um, you that link for that translated version of Five. Yep. Yep. I'm sure it's gonna. Yep, and sure it's gonna be. I'm sure. I'm sure it has to be like one out there for two somewhere too. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yep. sure there there's there is something somewhere. Yeah, so, I hope so. <laughs> yep. So uh, this game can be a little bit intimidating at first. Uh, um, you know, um, you know, like you know, like I said, it's not very user friendly. Uh, there, there's a lot, there, 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 there's a lot to figure out relatively fast. But if you give the game a little bit of time, like George said, they can suck you in like very fast. Um, and like I think the I think the game scales difficulty pretty well. There's a few missions I think that are kind of difficult. Uh, but the game does give you the option to go back and grind and also improve your abilities and other missions mm-hmm. and other missions you want to. So uh, you can put as much time in this game as you want to, depending upon your uh, 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 depending upon your skill level and your skill level and gameplay style. Like I said, if you're listening to this episode, give that game at least an hour. And if you don't like it, you know what? Then don't play it. But if you yep. like it, which you probably will, then you're welcome. Yeah, and regardless, and regardless, check out the soundtrack. The soundtrack's amazing. Oh man. Yeah, I wish I was listening to it in the background while doing this podcast. <laughs> I know I'll be listening to it when I edit. Uh, yeah, the front mission, the front mission OS two. Uh, sorry, the front mission OS T on, on YouTube is a full two and a half hours long. <laughs> that's how much music wow. in this game. Seriously, <laughs> that's that's a lot. I didn't even realize. Yep. <laughs> they should release that on like record or something. I buy it. Uh, it was in Japan. Um, oh, but, uh, I might have to look go on eBay. But the Mission no, games, no eBay, bad. But but yeah, but yeah, the Mission games, the Mission games have always had great music. The soundtrack for Mission Three is like very good as well. Mm-hmm, it is, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think that about covers it. Uh, 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 I think that think about covers everything like this. Uh, covers everything that we can say about this game, like this podcast. I think so. Um, definitely a great game. Thank you for recommending it, George. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I would, yeah. uh, because it, uh, because I don't think I would have played it otherwise. Um, I knew it existed, but it's like time, backlog, uh, games. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. My backlog keeps growing, and I just, it, it's not going to stop. And oh, yeah, one day it's going horrible. to consume me. Uh, I was telling George, uh, I was talking to, yeah, I was telling George last week, my, my backlog in Steam, well, my game's total in Steam is now across, uh, it was now across 800 games. Yeah, he caught up to me. Because <laughs> I, I, I haven't been working, I don't, I don't have as much money to buy games, so he's been catching up on me. He's going to pass <laughs> me soon. So, next time on the podcast, we're going to be looking at another combat or combat-oriented game, but combat-oriented in kind of a different way. Um, this is, uh, you know, this is a game that I had, this is a game that, you know, uh, this is a game that I had played as a kid and, and remember it being, like, quite a lot of fun, so I'm curious to see how, I'm curious to see how, um, how, how it holds up today. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Gary Kitchen's uh, Super Battle Tank, War on the Golf, uh, which is a, which is a tank simulator slash action game where you're controlling an M1A1 tank during Operation Desert Storm uh, shooting up you know, uh, uh, shooting up enemy tanks and vehicles and, uh, and vehicles and whatnot uh, very very successful game when it came out so and successful enough and successful enough to spawn a sequel as well so we'll see and how Gary that Kishin, is Yep, and Gary Kitchen's an industry, industry veteran. The guys, uh, the, guy, uh, the, the guys, the guys, been, the guys, been, the guys, been in the business since the Atari, uh, Atari, uh, 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 days, uh, with a lot of like you know great games under his belt. So, would would you say that it gives you everything, including the kitchen sink? Yes, I would. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, but anyway, so yep. We're gonna be looking at that next time. Um, our 100th episode is our hundredth episode shaping up, uh, like the draft, the draft episode. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So that should be coming out to you in a few months. Um, we are a proud member of both the Retro Junkies Throwback Networks, where you can find a whole bunch of other great retro-themed uh, podcasts, both gaming and non-gaming related. Uh, it's expanding leaps and bounds. There's a new, there's a new way, uh, there's a new link, uh, links podcast that recently came out. That's very good. Ooh, yeah. So, even the even the less love systems are starting to give some love these days. But uh, what about the master system? That's been uh, around for for a couple of years now. That's a that's that yeah. That's a podcast that you do also, George. So <laughs> yeah, master system masterpieces. That was a bad segue I made. Anyway, <laughs> Kirk and I also do PlayStation Power. Yes, we do. Uh, we covered Front Mission three like a while back. To be curious about like more games, the Front Mission series. I think that I'll was like that episode three, Greg. <laughs> yeah, it was an early one, yes, because it's a favorite game. Very of early. Yep. But uh, oh, dude, we need to cover. Yeah, we need to cover Front Mission four. Uh, on that podcast at some point too. Oh, well, I'm working on playing it, so <laughs> maybe maybe that'll be like the one of the more recent PS2 games that we choose. Who knows? Yep, yep definitely. So. Uh, what can so what can listeners find you at George? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chief. That's at M I S T U R C H E E F. Or you can find me on YouTube. I have two channels now because one is for PlayStation Power, and uh, that's just the podcast with gameplay in the background. But I, I think I think I do a pretty good job of editing and not playing the game um, <laughs> because I'm terrible at playing the game. I guess. But yeah, uh, also Mr. Chief, which is my main channel. It's same name, same spelling as my Twitter. And um, I've been putting videos up on there, but I, I wouldn't say they're family friendly <laughs> because of reasons. But uh, hey, you know, it's a fun time. I have fun. If you watch, you have fun, I hope. But yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we also have uh, we also we also have we also have a Facebook page. We can uh, check us out and also give us uh, comments, suggestions, feedback, that kind of stuff. Um, if you want to, you can also email me directly at the SNES Podcast at yahoo.com. Yes, and we're also on iTunes, so check us out there and give us a rating review if you're so inclined. It's very much appreciated. Yes. And I think that's it for this episode. So thank you again, uh, as always, for joining us and for your support. Uh, thank you again for uh, for checking us out for a imported Japanese game. This is our fourth. This is our fourth Japanese only game. I think we covered the podcast if I'm remembering correctly. So um, that might be right, yeah. But you know, but uh, yeah, we try to focus upon games that have been translated very well. 
so you can easily like pick them up and play and this game's no exception so definitely check it out also you're welcome for bringing in japanese games <laughs> <laughs> well the library's big enough just covering the u.s games not to mention the japanese and the japanese library oh boy <laughs> oh boy but, is right but we but, but we will be covering more japanese games later on uh, uh, later on down the road george and i have already talked about a couple a couple games that we want to look at later on so when do we get uh, to do another pachinko game I don't know, but we're, I, I don't know, but we're definitely going to be, uh, so, so there's definitely Japanese only pinball game that we need to look at at some point, because that looks like, the, uh, like pretty far out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> that, that one pinball game we talked about, yes. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese, they're very strange oddball games, so, but, uh. But they're great. Yeah, and this game's not very really an oddball. This game, you know, this game, this game. Yo, this game fits very well with games that came out in the States around the same time period, so... But, yeah. So, alrighty, on that front, and, and on that note... Uh, on that front mission. Uh, yes, uh, yes, on that, <laughs> yes, on that coverage, we're going to be ending this podcast, so... Um, thank you again very much uh, for, like, for listening, as always, and take care, everybody. Pew pew, I'm a gun robot. Bang bang, you're dead. <laughs> Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Steam Pong Power.